to the state of where we go beyond the Department of Labor job numbers and explore issues at the forefront of workforce development. I'm Amanda Cage, CEO of the National Fund for Workforce Solutions. Thank you to everyone joining us today. Today, I will be in conversation with Kermit Kaliba, the Strategy Director of Employment-Aligned Credential Programs for Lumina Foundation. Hello, Kermit. Let me unmute myself. Hello, Amanda. <laughs> um, Kermit, can you tell us a little bit about your work at the Lumina Foundation? Sure, happy to. Uh, so if you're not familiar with Lumina Foundation, we are the nation's largest private foundation focused exclusively on post-high school education and training. Uh, and if you have heard of us, you're probably one of the things we're best known for is our attainment goal. Uh, so we're working as a foundation uh, to achieve a, a world in which 60% of U.S. adults between the ages of 25 and 64 have some form of post-high school degree or uh, high-quality credential by the year 2025. Um, we're particularly focused on uh, uh, as we're looking at trying to move to that attainment goal, trying to address inequities in, uh, in educational attainment for uh, Black, uh, Hispanic, Latinx, uh, and Indigenous learners. Uh, we know that uh, based on uh, our recent report, Stronger Nation, which looks at overall educational attainment in, the in this country, about 48% of white workers, uh, white adults have some uh, have a post-secondary degree, but only about a third of black workers and, uh, and about a quarter of uh, Hispanic Latino workers have a, an associate's degree or higher. And so as we're shooting to uh, address this, reach this 60% goal, we know that we aren't going to reach that goal if we don't do a better job of creating opportunities for uh, learners of color uh, and dismantling structural barriers that those work that those workers and learners have faced. Um, we also want to make sure that we're 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 making sure that uh, all learners have access to the benefits that come from a post-secondary degree or credential. So all of our work is really focused on expanding opportunity and particularly focusing on addressing those inequities. My job in particular is focusing on the role of community colleges in reaching that goal. We know that community colleges uh, play an important role in helping uh, not just learners get to uh, the first couple of years of, uh, of uh, a four-year degree uh, for when we talk about transfer students, individuals who started a community college but then transferred to a four-year degree institution. Uh, they also serve as an important partner in helping uh, prepare workers for jobs that don't require a four-year degree uh, in a range of different industries from manufacturing to IT to healthcare. So uh, my job is, is working with community colleges, employers, and other community partners to support projects that expand opportunities for, for workers of color uh, to get those credentials and move into, into well-paying employment. So Lumina Foundation is so well known for its efforts in um, educational attainment and working in higher education. Why the interest in skills-based hiring? And can you define that for people who may not be familiar with that term? Sure. I'll, well, I'll give you the, the definition that I think of. So skills-based hiring means focusing on what you can do rather than the degree, the particular degree that you have. And what do I mean by that? So we know historically that a lot of times employers have set as a, as a, as a, as a requirement, you have to have a bachelor's degree or higher in order to qualify for a job. 
I think one of the things we know is that employers some have have historically inflated degree requirements for jobs. They've asked for a bachelor's degree or higher, even though you, you don't really need it to do the job that, that they're, mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're being asked to do, that people could do those, jo those jobs with specialized training, less training than a bachelor's degree. I think we've seen, um, uh, we actually, we mentioned this, we, you and I just did an op-ed in the Hill about skills-based mm -hmm. hiring. Um, we've seen in recent years, there's been sort of a, a, a correction where employers are now starting to say, do we really need a, a, a bachelor's degree or higher in order for somebody to be able to do this job? Or are the skills and competencies uh, that, that are necessary to do this job available uh, from workers who may not have a bachelor's degree, but do have the right specialized training and work experience. And so skills-based hiring is about right-sizing the educational requirements for entry into a job. And we're interested in it because we believe this, again, going back to those, those numbers I cited earlier, we know that if you set uh, if you set an expectation that you have to have a degree in order to be able to qualify for a job, that you're automatically excluding uh, a larger number of learners of color um, uh, by by definition, uh, and so uh, so degree requirements can be seen as an, as as perpetuating structural inequities against uh, black, uh, Hispanic, and indigenous learners. Uh, not because they can't do the job, but because they they don't. You have a set of arbitrary uh, uh, degree requirements that you're expecting. Yeah, I think we've been part of a number of efforts to to talk about lifting that degree requirement because it's of its discriminatory practices. But we know that that's a start. But it's not the only thing we can do. What else do you think that we needs to be done in this yeah. area? Yeah. No, this is that's a great question. I think there's a, you know, it's a little bit of a the, the 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 there's been a lot of really good advocacy from stakeholders around the country about recognizing the discriminatory impact of of arbitrary degree requirements. Right. Um, uh, but it, but as we note in our in the op-ed, just lifting those degree requirements doesn't automatically mean that you're suddenly going to have a flood of of folks who are ready and and who uh, to do those jobs. Uh, right. If if you're doing construction, if you're doing healthcare, if you're doing IT, you recognize that there's there is specialized training that is necessary in order to be successful in those jobs. And so, what we point out in the op-ed and, and uh, is that this does doing skills-based hiring, doing it well, uh, doing it with an eye towards equity means more than just lifting the degree requirements. Mm -hmm. It means employers need to reach out to education and training providers, whether that's community colleges or labor unions or community-based organizations, and, and really engage with them in thinking about what are the requirements for doing this job and what are the training pathways, what are the education and training pathways that are necessary uh, in order to help somebody be successful on day one when they show up. It also it means thinking intentionally about the communities and, and where you've been engaging talent in the past. If you're in an industry where workers of color are not particularly well represented, that means thinking about how do you represent your, how are you being represented? How are you showing up in those communities? How are you thinking about recruitment and outreach to make sure that people see themselves in the jobs that you're offering? How do they, how do they know that they're, they are going to be welcome if they, if they, if they get mm -hmm. the education and training that's necessary. So that's, that's a, a big part of it is employers really need to be thinking intentionally about what they can be doing uh, to 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 strengthen those those pipelines and pathways, 
Uh, I would say it's a particular challenge for small and medium-sized businesses where they often don't have the um, uh, they don't often have the capacity to do some of the, the deep work around evaluating job requirements and communicating that well with with education and training providers. So it's important for small and medium-sized businesses to uh, to partner with other uh, entities around how do they build those skill requirements. In fact, that's something I think National Fund does such a great job of is is building collaboratives with small and medium sized businesses to, to develop skill uh, to, to make sure that you're developing pathways that create equitable opportunities. Yeah, thank you for that plug, Kermit. We um, we know that this is such a challenge in bringing employers together, especially through industry partnerships where they can collectively try to address some of these challenges, use their pooled resources work with community colleges, which are often uh, very good partners in this work, especially um, as they bring employers together um, to, to solve a common problem is critical. And we invite anybody in the audience to, to reach out to the National Fund because we are very the, proud of the work that we do in the 34 communities uh, that we represent uh, around this issue. Um, thank you, Kermit, for joining me today. Yeah. Um, it's a, been a pleasure to talk to you. Um, and to everybody out there, uh, be sure to join us again next month for uh, State of Our Workforce. Um, and you can check at nationalfund.org for our upcoming broadcasts. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Amanda.